everyone. Welcome back to another exciting episode of What You Know It, the Iconist Podcast. On your side is me, Hunt, Barry3D. And you can find me at Barry3D.com. And on my side, as always, the man, the myth, the legend. If you're not dancing, you ain't playing. My cousin, Rod C. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome what? into another episode. We got some stuff for you. But first, Barry, what do we normally say? Man Earth maketh the man. Let's, exactly. let's be mannerism. That That's sense? right. That's right. And you got to do that. You got to pay it forward. So first of all, if you want to go yeah. and get your comic book collection up to date, or you want to do anything along like that, talking about you know what we talk about, getting your book, so forth, you got to check out these places. So either hit a Wow Comics out in Kitchener, tell Wes we said hi. Check out Check Swings in Montreal. Tell Trevor we said hi. And Hero's Tale out in in Cambridge. Tell Andrew we said hi. All right, there we go. Now, also when I do comedy, I don't do it alone. I'm always with my group there sometimes. I said sometimes. I said always and sometimes. Yeah, yeah, I know. But when I'm with them, I'm with them. That's a touch mm. of gray matter. So that's myself, Dave Sokolowski, and of course, yours truly, Barry 3D. So keep an eye out for the shows we got coming up. You can find those once again on my website. Uh, on top of that, Rod, where can we find you? You can find me, as I say, on the World Wide Web. You can find me on Instagram at Mr. Rod C M R R O D C. You can find me on twitch.tv forward slash DJ Rod C. Find me on TikTok at DJ Rod C1. That's DJ Rod C1. Let's go. Oh, yeah. And on top of that, we are also part of what we call the Subculture Podcast Network. So we're a network of five podcasts going and we're growing and we have things coming up for you. So, yeah, there's things coming out in January. We got things coming out year round. So check out the other podcasts that are on the Subculture Podcast Network. Remember, we're okay being your second favorite podcast. Give them a listen to. Okay. And if you want to do podcast of what we're doing okay yes we're on youtube but we're officially you get your podcast anywhere spotify itunes google podcast good pods wherever it is you get your podcast from you need to do it and we used our main hosting site which is Podbean. so you can go into iconis.podbean.com you can do your own podcast and go from there and if you need anything to get done you're going to need a graphic artist. There's only one graphic artist we use, and he's Mr. Worldwide. And if you mentioned you heard about him on the Iconist podcast, he'll give you a dis, 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 discount. All right. The one and only. Who are we talking about, Rod? Jaybird Digital Art. Mr. Jason Reese, Jaybird Digital Arts. You give him a shout. Once again, tell him you heard about him here on the Iconist podcast. He'll give you a mm-hmm. discount on any work you need done on any kind of graphic artist you need uh, work you need to have half. All right. Yeah. Have half. Okay. Yeah. It's been one of those days. All right. Which brings us to today's episode. I'm liking this. Okay. Here we go. So on the Iconist podcast, the icon is be with it. Raj Al Ghul. Rush Al Ghul or Rash Al Ghul. I know he's pronounced both ways, and it's it's Here okay because everyone says it different ways, including the creators. Right, so <laughs> so Rash, have you seen him? Yeah, you've seen him. Uh, are we going to do our whole thing of talk about him and fan cast him? Absolutely, but we're trying to hopefully put a different spin on this character that make it well even more interesting because he's already uh, interesting as it is. I'm not knocking that all at all at all at all. At all. So right. this character made his first appearance in Batman issue number 232, 232 in June in 1971. Gemini. I'm a Gemini. That's right. So <laughs> on you. Now it probably explains a lot. I probably understand. That's why I understand you so well. Gemini. Oh, boy. Oh boy. <laughs> I know we're going there, Rod. As soon as I saw that date, I'm like, I, I know, in. I know. Right on. Yeah, 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 yeah. So, uh, Rach had a couple of people that created him. So, he was created by Dennis O'Neill, the writer, along with Neil Adams, the artist, and Jules Shorts, yeah. right? Who came up with the, con- uh, the conception of Rachel Ghoul. So, it took three people mm-hmm. to kind of put this character together. Uh, Neil Adams was doing a lot of the art on the Batman series. Right. We have to thank him for making Batman more action oriented. Every time that he drew him, if you read any of his, uh, you know, the books of Batman back then, when um, Neil Adams was drawing him, he only mm-hmm. drew Batman in like a hunched over pose. Like he's leaping forward and the cape was curved a certain way. He made Batman more slim. I mean, Batman wasn't a big bulky guy, but he was very athletic. So, you know, he and he also drew a lot of emotion on Batman's face. So you would see him serious. He would cry. He He would actually smile sometimes. 
So Batman wasn't as harsh as we see him today, never smiling, mm-hmm. never cracking a joke. Uh, you, you would see those moments happen. He would represent that through his, you know, the exposed part of his face and the cowl and the eyes. He did a phenomenal job. You have to go back and definitely read some of the work that these, uh, you know, creators did with this character. So he was loosely based off one of the James Bond villains, like in Dr. No. And, um, and I can't remember what's the other movie he was based off of. So it was Dr. No. And it was one other, um, oh my gosh. Yeah, you know, it's our podcast. We should be more prepared. But th- this is, it was two movies that, you know, they looked at it and said, oh yeah, this is cool. And it'll come to me soon enough. Um, ah, so we'll move on, but it's, it's, huh? it will come back. It will come back. It'll come back to me. Yeah. But the fact is that they looked at it and they took a medium that was already existent. They said, hey, this character, um, would be kind of cool. They took a variation and this is where they came up with Rachel Ghoul. So Rachel Ghoul, he was East Asian, as they were saying. So they never mm-hmm. gave his, his heritage background, but it, and I'm only mentioning this because it does make a difference in my opinion. Right. So when you look at him, depending how they drew him, they drew him. He was a little bit older. He had like the little mustache on the side and pointed down. And he looked like he had a little bit of a receding hairline and the hair going up almost like Wolverine with a little bit of, uh, you know, uh, gray in it. He was like, you know, a silver gray fox, as you put it. He's in phenomenal shape. And the man is about 600 years old, six to 700 years old. Yep. Right. So being East Asian, uh, he grew up and he has that. So is, is he, is he fully Asian? Is he Mongolian? He's, it could be any of those things. And sometimes they drew him that way. And other times right. they kind of lean more to a European kind of look when they drew him, depending on the artist. So it's almost a little bit ambiguous, but that doesn't take away anything away from this character. When he came about and he was born way back, he had a, a, a mind for science. That's exactly what it is. He had a mind for science. He had a mind for, for healing. He wanted, and he was really smart. So he was, you would say he was a genius at his time he was born in. He, his parents looked at him and he was always getting to herbs and curing people and how, and how to be a doctor and understanding medicine, understanding viruses back then. They said even back then in his prime when he was a kid, just, Aging normally, he was more advanced, and he went to be a doctor slash physician, however you want to look at it. Healer, and that's well, huh? You can think of as a heal as a healer. Yeah, in those yeah. days, it would be considered like a healer. You yeah. know, exactly. But he was a really good healer. Yes. No. Yeah. And the problem is, he he found a woman that he loved, and everything was going well. And then, uh, you know, the the the, the sultan or the king thought or whoever it was, I'm sorry, mm. uh, son got ill. And said, hey, can can you save my son? Can you can you help him? At this time, he's come across the Lazarus Pits. Mm-hmm. Now, it's kind of experimenting with what this thing is. I mean, it's green water. Okay, what can you do? And he finds out, you know, through his own time, and I guess experimenting with maybe other things that if you put something that's dead in the Lazarus Pit, it brings you back to life. So when the prince was starting to die and he was trying to save him, trying to figure a way to save him, says, I'm going to put him in the Lazarus pit. And that was the first time he put a human person in the Lazarus pit. And he didn't know what the outcome was going to be. He saw that he put the person in the Lazarus pit. The prince comes back. All right, great. He's back to life. Cool. I'm good. Of course, when you come out the Lazarus pit, uh, emotional damage. Uh, yeah. yeah, you use a little bit uh, crazy. Yeah. You, 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 you kind of lose touch reality. You, you're, you're going like a berserker rage. Yeah. And it hits people differently. So it brought out a really cruel side of the prince. Mm-hmm. The king looked at it and said, what did you do to my son? So instead of the king admitting that his son had a mean streak already and the Lazarus pit just augmented Increased that, it. Yep. Exactly. He blamed Raish uh, yep. that it was his fault. And, you know, the prince turned around, killed off Raish's love at the time. And the king, to punish Raish, Threw the dead body in a in a pit, Raish in a cave, and lured him in the cave to stay there, looking at his dead love, right there. Like that was his punishment. Yeah. And the only reason he got out of that cage was it was a young boy where Raish turned around and helped his mom when she was sick, and the boy said, "Hey, he doesn't deserve this treatment. He helped my mom when she was really sick and was able to be successful, make her passing a lot easier." I'm going to kind of defy my king and get him out the pit. Pull him out. Off he goes. And that's Raish. Raish now is understanding a few things. One, he feels betrayed. This is not his fault. Two, 
he sees what the Lazarus pit can do. Aha. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. All right. Put that pin in that. I'll be back to it. And then he goes to get revenge on the prince, the king. You know, he, he, he's doing this thing, but I mean, they killed off his love. So at one point, they call him back in to help again because, you know, the, the king gets sick. And Raish is like, yeah, no problem. But Raish has been now experimenting over the years with different herbs, different concoctions, different things, different reactions. So he took yeah. some herbs and he and he's understanding that just like the famous Batman 89 movie with Joker and Michael Keaton, right? Where, you know, Joker is poisoning everybody. He's like, oh, yeah. Very nice. This, Very nice. And this, you know, it's harmless. But if you put these two uh, items together with this third component, it makes it toxic. That's exactly what Raish did. He put yep. some of the, you know, one type of uh, chemical on their clothes. Yep. Put it on their clothes. Okay. And then he made sure another chemical was in the area while they were wearing their clothes, which caused a reaction that poisoned them. Mm-hmm. And, and he just, hey, it wasn't me. I don't know what happened. I just showed up here. I was holding a flower. Hey, Scooby-Doo. You know, uh, I was holding this flower. And he's like, hey, King, this is a good flower. Oh, wait a minute. Why are you itching? Okay. Boom. Oh, you dead. Um, I don't it's just a rose. Ouch. Yeah. So. <laughs> yeah. yeah it, it, well, that, that's, that's, that's the basis of it. But now this is bringing about his name. So, and and when he starts off, he he, he just turned and said, okay, well, you know what? I mean, the name he had, he's, he kind of changed his name and says, I'm going to be, uh, from that moment on, he's going to be, I'll be Ra's al Ghul, which uh-huh. is the demon or demon's head, I believe in, in Arabic. Right. So, so the aspect of that as well is like how he took the name is that when he was escaping with um, the particular um, servant who helped him escape, mm. he went through, he realized I need a place to stay. I need a place just to regroup. So he went into the desert and basically connected with his family. So his tribe. Yes. So basically the scenario is that Rej Al Ghul is part of a particular tribe. And as Barry said, he was very intelligent, very for you know forward thinking in that regard. That it was kind of going against the grains and the normal teachings of the tribe. So he kind of left on his own, did his own thing, and became a very predominant healer in the community, in the country. And they recognized his skill, and that's why he's able to work for the Sultan at that time. So everything that happened, now he gets you know he gets he get blacklisted. I'm getting shunned. I gotta go. I gotta go underground. My uncle has the tribe. Let me connect back with the tribe. They're out in the desert. Let me go back with them. Great conversation Raj had with them. Let's listen. I got framed for something I didn't do. I swear I didn't do nothing to them. I tried to help the boy. I tried to help the man. The man went a little, hey, hey. he was already a little crazy. If father didn't want to admit it, made you a little crazy. Now I get blamed. Uncle, let's work together and let's go back and uh, punish them for dishonoring our name okay and that was basically it so basically they went back and that's how at least going back and setting up the the steps to you know take care of the sultan and with all that as barry said he went back did his little technical um with these powers combined we can now (laughs) mess you up (laughs) <laughs> so with doing that, yeah. after that success of that, he basically took leadership of the tribe and basically started to call them all um uh sorry, took leader of the tribe and basically called himself Razal Ghoul, aka Demon's Head. So it's crazy. Yeah. yeah. And and and, and, he, and he started developing his ideology. So mm-hmm. you know. His ideology was he was seeing now because he was able to get to a certain age if he would die, he had instructions for his, his servants to put him back into the Lazarus pit. He would right. come out. Yeah, he'd be a little bit crazy. They had to hold him down until the, the, the madness would pass. Subside. Yep. Back to his calm self and then go. So first of all, he's very smart with medicine. He understands biological warfare. Right, that's what he was doing back then, and even up to present day, is all his things are bio warfare. Like he re- he wanted to release the, uh, the 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 black plague, I think, in Gotham at one point, and and he's done stuff like that over the years. So his whole logic is this: here's a planet, 
I want to save the planet. Okay, sounds good. You want to save the planet. So you're an activist. He's a, but he's an extreme activist. He believe hardcore believes. I think they've. I don't think I've seen Raish live action, and I'm going to stick with that live action. You know, mm-hmm. in the game, they they kind of get his personality in the games. You know, the Arkham series, in right. the uh, the animated series. All right, we we get snippets of him, but I don't think we fully got. Especially live action, in my opinion, the true Raish Al Ghul. And what I mean by that is he's an extremist for saving the planet. Forget yeah. Batman, forget his daughter, forget his <laughs> uh, grandson. Saving the planet is his sole purpose. Yes. And whatever means he goes about that helps save the planet. So his whole mantra is. We need to get rid of a lot of the humans on this planet in one shot. So we put less of a strain on the ecosystem mm-hmm. to give the planet a chance to heal itself for us to thrive again. That's right. that's it. This is why he's always trying to kill off as many people as possible. Yeah. But he's only doing it in a certain way. So, for example, he would never use a bomb. Mm-hmm. Generally speaking, right? Or mass, you know, weapon of mass destruction. Let's put it that way. He would never use a weapon of mass destruction because that goes against his purpose and his his creed. He won't go ahead and say, Oh, fire a whole bunch of nuclear missiles into Gotham Metropolis and different parts of the world because then the earth is damaged. He's not trying to do that because then it's gonna take how many hundreds of years for the radiation to pass. That's not doing that. This is why he goes with biological, you know, chemical warfare. Uh, you know, in bioweapons. He just wants to get rid of the people. He doesn't want to harm animals. He doesn't want to harm anyone anyone else. So picture Mm -hmm. Thanos had the snap, right? Right. He wants to give everyone a bad allergy, let them die, let them compost, and just say, okay, that's good for the soil, and we're back, we're good to go. He wants to get rid of half the population easy. So he's had this from day one. Mm -hmm. Now, he's smart, so what does he do? He starts building the resources. He starts using the Lazarus pit to every time he's about to die, he brings himself back. Right. And he keeps going. So now he's always the head of his foundation. So we've got he's the demon. He's the, got the demon's head. And then he got a group of assassins. Because his methods are extreme, he doesn't care about taking out key people that are hindering the planet in his his his, his mind. Right. So if you have a company and your company's mm-hmm. looting a lot, he's gonna say, Well, the president of this company's gotta go. Let me go and get my assassin. So at the time, he had his hit squad, and they were known as the Demon's Fang. So cool. Now, the Demon's Fang would turn around, and he would send them out to do missions of assassination. As he's got more to modern times, people see him as an eco-terrorist, and that's what they really refer to. I mean, they say terrorist, but he's really an eco-terrorist. Because Mm -hmm. in his mind, he's trying to save, you know, the ecosystem by using any means necessary, and that's terrorism. Okay, cool. All right, that, that's the way he, he is. And right. then he forms the League of Assassins. And with the assassinations, he's getting hired to do assassinations. So it's almost like a reverse Robin Hood. He's not robbing from the rich. He's, he's, he's killing off key rich people. He's killing off anyone that's harming the environment. And he's also profiting at the same time. Because he realizes right. that he has to build up an organization to do this. Now, of course, keep in mind the time he's born is like, what, six, seven hundred years ago. Mm-hmm. He started off as a healer. You got to learn to defend yourself. So he learns all forms of combat from martial arts. You know, he's East Asian, so martial arts, weapons, as new weapons come out. So he's, he has weapons of, weapons of preference. And one of them is a sword. He loves using either like a cutlass or um, a foil. Those are mm-hmm. weapons I've always seen him kind of use. So he would take Zoro in a fight. And that's my opinion. All right. <laughs> you know, it would be a tough fight, but I, he, he should. So picture. Marvel, Captain America. Mm-hmm. You say Captain America is up there as one of the best hand-to-hand combatants in the Marvel Universe because he started learning how to fight from World War II. Even though he got frozen for 70 years, he still has all that years of experience, not unfrozen, yep. still has all these years of experience. So when people are just kind of getting into becoming superheroes, he was already seasoned in being a fighter because he was in the field all the time fighting for his life. He, superheroes do too. But it's not like, oh, he knocked me out and the hero runs away with the money. He was fighting people that if they knocked him out, they would have shot him, you know, headshot, and they would have gone on and say, oh, kill the symbol of America. So, yeah, yeah. He, he was literally fighting for his life. So you fight a different way. 
when you're in those situations. So this is where it comes into that he's that person. He's that guy. And he mm-hmm. says, all right, and he's smart about it. So this is why, you know, it was in the it was the animated series, it said League of Shadows because they couldn't use League of Assassins. Yeah. Oh, all right, all right. So this you character is mm-hmm. deep, man. Deep, right? Because you live all these years and there's aspects they don't cover, but here it is. He he wanted an heir. That was his other thing too, because he came from that mindset. Well, I, you know, at the time, maybe not so much now. Now you have a kid, you're like, oh, I have a kid, I'm happy. Back then, you had heirs. You yep. that was how it was 700 years ago. If you were a king, you had to have an heir. He was the king of his, uh, you know, the demons' uh, fang, the demons' head, the whole thing. He was the leader of that. He wanted to have an heir, and he's gone through history. Be it have he had some biologically, or people that he would see as kindred spirits that he would. Say, hey, you're good enough to bring on board. I want you to join me, use my resources, including the Lazarus Pit, because one day the Lazarus Pit might not work for me. And that's his, his whole thing. It's a contingency plan. It might not work for me one day. Or right. these ones around the world have been destroyed. I found other ones, but one day I might not find one. I need to find someone that can continue my work as a, air quotes, equal terrorist. So he he's he's kind of almost you know and history's always been rewritten a little bit so he he almost approached bane at one point or not he did approach bane he did approach yeah he did approach bane but talia didn't like bane mm-hmm. he's like oh he's too brutish he's too much of a thug even though dad's like mm, okay well uh, this this matchmaking ain't gonna work out which is interesting because they took aspects of bane talia the demon's head throughout the chris nolan christopher nolan batman series the dark knight series Yep. And they took aspects of it and put it in, so they kind of made their own spin on it. But that, that's how it worked out. So then, of course, he's one of the few people that figured out that Bruce Wayne was Batman. Yep. Just looking around saying, oh, man, okay, look at his gadgets. His gadgets cost money. Okay, okay, he's always in Gotham City. So someone in Gotham City has a lot of money and has got to have excuses all the time. And someone got, okay, and he narrowed it down and he figured out Bruce Wayne was Batman. Now, mm-hmm. for him knowing... It, it's not something like he's holding it over his head. His motivation is not killing Batman. That's the last thing he wants to do. He right. looks at Batman and sees him as the son I haven't had. Right. The potential heir from my dynasty. Yeah. That's what it is. Yeah. Exactly. The potential heir from my dynasty. And he turns around and he says, okay, you know, Bruce. Well, he doesn't call him Bruce. And he doesn't call him mm-hmm. Batman. He calls he's him the detective. detective. And that is respect that he's given because he understands how smart, driven uh-huh. that Bruce Wayne is. He already yep. and Bruce Wayne uses his finances to fund his war on crime. So Grace right. is like, hey, instead of just being a war on crime, I think it's a crime what the humans are doing to the ecosystem, to Mother Earth. You should just uh-huh. instead of taking it being you know a city and being a local hero, I want you to be worldwide and run the organization. By the way, have you met my daughter? The riz on this guy is unstoppable, man. I'm telling you, this guy is just unstoppable. Hey, hey, look, he, I think he's misunderstood. He's he's a he's a CEO. Um, <laughs> he's athletic. He's a family man. Family is important to Raish. Family is very important to Raish. Right. So hold on. So what's your you you, you read up on Raish? You brought this character up to us. What's your like take on Raish? What 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 attracts you listen, to his character? What do you think? I. I I like Rage. The, the reason I like him is because the character is a very multi-level character. He's deep in the lore in the sense that very few characters have a known span over a hundred years. You're gonna ask, we're gonna say Captain America. We're mm-hmm. gonna say Raz Al Ghul. We even mm-hmm. go to Vandal, Vandal uh, Savage. Yes. See, he's another person as well, but. Understanding how to make yourself um, being immortal, basically turn yourself into immortal, but having enough understanding how to make himself relevant in the time he is every single century. He's he's not like I'm rich and then or not rich, but I'm I'm doing something and then I coast and then I don't do nothing. No, he has a mission to basically realize. If you look at it, the core of him is still a healer. If you look at it, think, oh, yeah, the yeah. core, he's he's still a healer. He's realized now 
I'm not healing not only myself, I got to heal myself to be able to take up the task, the task of what? Healing those around me, healing my my people in that regard, you know, the League of Shadows, you know, League of Assassins. Now I realize that I need to be able to heal heal the world. Like you said, understand that the, the, the trajectory of humans is basically damaging where I live. If I have the ability to live for the rest of my life, I think I still want this place to be here. So I got to make sure this place is in one piece. So, yeah, I understand that. And you're actually right in regards to that. I thought of something else that you said about him being able to mix particular herbs and spices and stuff. Spices, hear me, like we're making some kind of cake. <laughs> but he's putting stuff together to be able to concoct something that, again, you won't realize it till together. I will admit, I until we start until I do research on this, start to realize the uh, the Batman uh, trilogy. They took that. They took that. Um, that took, they took that theology of him being able to take these particular herbs and still mixing stuff because when you see the the famous one where he supposedly dies uh, in train, mm-hmm. you know what I mean. Um, that whole um, how how did it go? The the, the machine basically that dehydrates the, the right. water. Yes. The, again, that's a whole type of one thing by itself, another thing by itself. But put the things together. I can create some kind of, you know, virus, you know, atmospheric virus, you know, that can just basically plague and hurt everybody. So, hey, I like I like Rajal Gulkas because of the amount of respect he has for the planet and those around him. He's not the typical villain who's saying, I'm here to hurt you. Mm-mm. I see hurt you. If you're in my way of my mission. And that's really what it is. So the respect that he has with the detective, you see, like like you were saying, until the Batman movie, the trilogy movie, I don't think they really had any type of live presentation of him. But you can see in um, Batman animated uh, cartoon, uh, Young Justice, the amount of respect that they portray Raj to have. It just makes you tip your hat on like saying, I know he's the bad guy. But is, is he really bad? Maybe just the way exactly. he does things. He just maybe he made me think like, okay, maybe I wouldn't do that, but maybe I have the resources. Maybe I might be tempted to do that because I have the resources to be able to get away with it. But other than that, you're a very respected villain. And I like you. I like you. You're very, very highly educated. And just makes you think like this guy is he is he is way too smart to be putting his his action into a villainous type of way. But you realize why he's doing it, you're like, well, you know what? No one else is actually taking the the the, the actual push to mm-hmm. take care of the earth, to take care of the environment. By any means necessary, this is what yeah. he's doing. He's a man of action. We have those conferences where all the world leaders get together and they say, okay, what are you going to do? Watch the emissions on this, watch the emissions on that. And he's sitting there going, you know, I'm just going to get rid of you, get rid of you, get rid of you. You can stay because you're on my side. And you, right. I'm going to talk to you to see how you waver. The rest of y'all, dead by morning. Okay, cool. Next. Yeah. What's on the agenda? What's for lunch? Right. Clearly, it clearly, what's on lunch? Well, we have lunch. Make sure I got some pickles on this thing. Thank you very much. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that, that's, that's what it is. So he knows that, you know, Everybody is very, um, uh, not seductive, but they're very um, greedy and they're very about themselves. Anything they're doing is is selfishness is the word I'm trying to say. Yes. They're very selfish. He's not selfish. He's like, I'm doing this for a greater good. And that's it. Like you said, if you're in a conference in the UN and realizing, oh, this person, you can tell that person's selfish. He doesn't really care. He just has a position and just trying to be selfish and take all the money. But you're not really trying to take care of your people. You're not trying to take care of the planet or your country. No, no. Take care of him. And that's it. Exactly. Gone by morning. It's exactly what Raish is. So I know they do a lot of these so far. We, we've got, you know, Marvel's doing a lot of these movies, or I should say Sony, right? We've got, you know, mm-hmm. uh, uh, Venom. We got two movies of Venom. Okay. Right. We have one coming out. We had one of Morbius. We got one coming out of Craven. So they're doing all these movies on these villains and trying to give them another side so you get sympathetic to them, but they're still villains. Mm-hmm. All right, I, I'm fine with that. 
But then you yeah. gotta give me a villain. So you want a villain that really stands out? Give me a movie on Rachel Ghoul, for example, or something. Like I always hold a couple of things. So one that we would get a true live action of Rachel Ghoul in a movie, it's like really going with eco terrorism. Don't put him piggyback on another hero. Let I mean, sorry, another villain. Let him be the villain. Let that build up, right? Because we've got great uh, books. You got the Birth of the Demon, which kind of explains a lot of his backstory, and then mm-hmm. you got Son of the Demon, which is one of my favorite reads, where it's the birth loosely. We can say of Damien, right? And I and yeah. I say loosely because if you read the original one, if you read the original um, uh, Son of the Demon, this is where mm-hmm. Talia and Batman get together. This is where Batman almost thinking about taking over, but he's still standing with his morals, taking over Raish's organization. Talia's trying to persuade him to, and he's trying to, you know, mentally balance, kind of put himself in the figure books. it out. Balance the books. Balance, balance the, the books. books. Does it really make sense? Exactly. And then at the end of that story, Talia is pregnant, right? Bruce goes back to being Batman full-time, goes back to Gotham. Didn't know Talia mm-hmm. was pregnant. Talia gave birth to a baby boy. Talia turned around, found a family that was trying to conceive that seemed to be a very nice family, took that baby, left the baby on the doorstep with a note, and all she left was a chain with a, a bat symbol on it, like a little bat on the chain. And that's how the family found it. I'm not sure if she left money in there for the baby, too, and all that. Mm-hmm. So, that's where she left it. And then she went about her business because she's still working with her dad in the League of Assassins, right? Okay. Mm-hmm. So for years, Bruce didn't know this. Now, if you read the story Kingdom Come, where it takes place in the future, it's not Damien Wayne you're sitting there at one point. It's his son. I can't remember his name. Abin's, you know, but it's his son that's sitting there at a table and Bruce Wayne sitting across and it's, and you oh yeah, that's my dad. But he, but you know, how they kind of said in the future is that Rache finds out well, the baby goes, gets the baby, brings the baby back, raises him like the assassin. So almost like how Damien was raised. But instead right. of Damien going back to his dad, no, this baby stays and takes over the League of Assassins when he grows up as a full man. So he looks like a very young Bruce Wayne. Mm-hmm. And he's got his dad with the exoskeleton sitting across and balding. And it's like, huh, dad? And they don't even call themselves dad and son. They call themselves by his like Bruce. He calls him by his name. And then it's like, mm-hmm. I think it's Clark. It's like, isn't that your son? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Emotional damage. <laughs> so there's that's what I like about Raish. One, he's not your, ah, I want to get riches and money and take over the world. No. He's trying to save the planet. He's yeah. a family man. He's yeah. going about his own twisted way of doing it. He won't, he doesn't want to kill Batman. He just gets frustrated with him because Batman keeps stopping him all the time. Uh, and it's just, yeah. it's just, Pissing him off, but he doesn't want to hurt Batman. He wants Batman to open. Rage thinks Batman is blind. It's like you're blind to what's happening in the world. I will, I will hurt you, but I want you to wake up one day. And I'm hoping, fingers right. crossed, that you'll wake up one day, take your rightful place beside me with my daughter, you know, with your son Damien, and we're gonna rick shop on all these people. Hundred percent. That's what. That's where the beauty of that is. So there's a man with many layers. Now, on top of it, there's, of course, everyone knows Talia. Everyone gets Talia. That's the most memorable child he has. Mm-hmm. And there's where it comes in. So Talia is the one we know because she's the one that she is into Bruce Wayne. She is attracted to Bruce Wayne. He is, yep. She knows that Bruce Wayne and Batman are hand-to-hand. I find Talia is more of a fit for Batman than Catwoman. I, I don't want Batman and Catwoman. I want Batman and Talia. Dangerous duo. Come on now. Right? If they stayed together as husband and wife, and then they had Damien, what about we did an episode, it's like, who, who clicks on Dick Grayson? Who's going to bully Dick Grayson? Nobody go bully Damien. You understand that? He's like, who's your dad? Don't worry about it. Who's your mom? Don't worry about it. Oh, is that guy over there your granddaddy? Okay, first of all, before you get the gramps, <laughs> you better hold it down because mom and dad at least have a limit. Gramps, no filter. None. 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 He snaps your fingers, your family's gone. You're done. You're done, son. <laughs> so that there was making a lineage. I thought that storyline would have been cool. Uh, I, I really like Raish a lot for what he represents as a character and as a foil to Batman. Uh, I think, you know, so we talked about, so we got Talia, right? That's his most well-known. But then you got, mm-hmm. you got a, a Nisa or Nessa. 
who shows up in Arrow, the CW Arrow, you find out, and she's an existing character. And with mm-hmm. her storyline is she didn't want to give her dad an heir, but she didn't want to fully follow her dad. Like Talia was more daddy's girl and she was more the rebel. They always have kids and one's going to be with the parent and one's going to be rebel. So she was the rebel yep. saying, I don't want to deal with the League of Assassins. I don't want to give you an heir. I want to do my own thing. And you, if you read like um, Suicide Squad, The Secret Six, if you read The Secret Six, he's in there. You read The Suicide Squad, she's in there. So mm-hmm. uh, she was written by, you know, Gail Simone was writing some of her adventures where she falls in love with another warrior from Apocalypse, you know, who's joined that Secret Six or Suicide right. Squad. Yeah, it's Catman Secret Six, yeah. And she joins that. So that's there. If you go by Batman the Animated Series, is it, mm-hmm. I'm not, no, forget my memory. I'm not sure if it's Batman the Animated, I believe it's Batman the Animated Series. It's not Batman Beyond. So Ray shows up at one point. He's older. Yeah, it's Batman the Animated Series. And Ray shows up it's a whole thing with him and Batman. I think it's like one episode. You know, of course, they're fighting. And he's like, okay, well, why are you trying to go after this old guy all the time? He's in a home. He's, he, you know, and Batman is chasing him down. At the very end of it, Rache turns around and he goes, well, you know why I'm looking for this guy? Because he's, to you, you might see him as an old man in a retirement home. That's my son. He just never wanted to go into the Lazarus pit. So he aged normally, lived his life, didn't want to be there. So Raish might look like he's in his 50s, 60s. His son, who's younger than him, is obviously, you know, is up in his 90s in a wheelchair, crepit man, can't walk. He's like, that's my son. And he's like, what? He goes, what, you think I only had one child over all the years, detective? And Batman lets him take his son away to, you know, live out his last days. And yeah. Right, because he was his son was you know hitting that age. Mm-hmm. Brings me to an interesting part, though. Let's think about it for half a second. You're around for six hundred years, six hundred, seven hundred right. years. Right, you lost one love. You, you'll find love again. Obviously, he found love again because he had Talia. Obviously, he found love again because he had a son. He had a, another daughter. How many right. more kids out there are over six hundred years? Right, you could have a couple. We've only known of three. Here's that's my storyline. My storyline is what's the family ties? Some are with mm-hmm. you, some are against you, some are partial. Mm-hmm. I want to know more about Raish and his family. I want to know about Raish and the women he's loved before because Talia's mom, uh, I'm not sure who the mom was, but I know Anissa's mom was Russian. So Raish travels all over the world. So she had right. a you know a Russian mother. And she wanted to know more about her dad. And mom had to say, okay, well, this is who your dad is. Like, oh, I want to know more about him. And she went looking for her dad to find Raish. But that means he's got, you know, it's not to say he's out there as a playboy. No. Mm-hmm. But if you 600 years old, 700 years old, you might get with someone, fall in love with them, start a family. You're still doing his equal terrorist thing. But at the same time, he's going to outlive them. They're not going to go into the Lazarus pit and be rejuvenated. So I don't know. Right. Is that more because he was lonely, found love, did it happen accidentally, but how could we never let any of them use the Lazarus pit? The mothers I'm talking about, right? The, the, the wives. No, 100%. I've always wondered, I've always, it's not a bad, it's a great statement to ask because I've always wondered mm. the, because you see it in a couple of, you know, animated and you see it in the comics that when he comes out, you know, he does get affected. And I, I'm trying to remember, I don't know if it was animated where he was like saying like it affects people differently. Maybe he knows that again, it affects people differently. Some people can take it. Some people can't. So to safeguard, you don't need anybody else. Like say the very first one, the Sultan's son went yeah. in. He was already a little, he was already a little, uh, seductive already. So this is just <laughs> amplified and brought his feelings to the, to the forefront. We can, we can basically base that. Ross knew that and understood, ah, these are the properties and the powers of the Lazarus Pit. If someone else who is not, um, who, whose mind is not strong, strong will to control themselves, this can be a, a, a terror on this, on this earth. Now I have to battle them to, to bring them down when I'm trying to take care of this earth. I don't have time. The mindset, uh, you know, I have the resources. But that's now going to take me away my main mission. My main mission is to take care of this earth. Now I got to take care of the problem that I created. Do you understand? So I can see that could probably be a reason, one of the reasons why 
that maybe it's written in maybe it's written in the paragraph or line somewhere in one of the doc documentaries of Raz al Ghul that he states or they've written that I know the power of the Lazarus pit. If I let this, if if other people get a hold of this, I know I feel compelled and responsible. So to avoid all that, it's locked off. That's why to me this place is very the places because they're multiple across mm -hmm. the earth is basically locked down and only known to him, you know, and very high up who knows where the Lazarus pit is. To me, that makes better sense to do that route because yep. to me that 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 makes that to me makes better sense if that might probably be a reason why although he loved her if he has someone a love interest throughout those years, but he just realized. I need to minimize the amount of people who have access to this. She mm -hmm. may know who I am, know I'm long lived. I'm going to I'm gonna surpass you in, in time. You're okay with it? I'm okay with it. All right. You're just not gonna take a dip in the pool with me. That's all I'm saying. True enough. So that that raises a lot of interesting questions. So one, I want to know mm -hmm. about his, you know, his love life, right? To see how he handled yeah. it. How was he as a father? Was it did it over obsess his mission? Now, I know the easy thing is to make him like a cruel father, but he's not. He, he's he's turned, but he's not. He's absolutely not. He 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 might have his ways, he's got his bodyguard there, Ubu, and you know, but he's not. And and he loves his children, regardless, no matter what, he loves his children. He wants the best for his daughter. I mean, look, let's put it this way as suitors that are out there, you want someone that's going to take care of your daughter. And be mm -hmm. able to handle business. You know you're in a dangerous line of work. You're seen as an eco-terrorist. Who better than to marry your daughter than someone like, like Bruce Wayne, that man? 100%. His, his resume speaks for itself. He's right. got the money. He's got the resources. He's got the mind and the intellect. He's got the drive. He knows, hey, if I leave my daughter with him, sure, she's dangerous. She's in dangerous company with me. He can handle herself. But by some right. chance, she might need backup. The detective, we're good. <laughs> Listen, I'll even put it this way. Ray's knows the one main thing. I'm an honorable man. Mm. I don't know of any other person, individual on this earth who is who's close as honorable as me than the detective. And th to me, that will be the reason why I know he has the resources. I know he has the mindset and the skills. He's a smart individual. He's up mm. there with me. We've battled, we played mental chess for years. So I Bats. know. As a, as a combative, as someone who can, because Rage won't say it, you're not my equal, but you're not too far behind. Uh -huh. You'll be it. But I know you're an honorable person that you, in that sense, would dive on the sword to save someone. You know, if the sword, you know, you and someone else, if you really truly love that person and your honor is good, you will basically take the hit for that person. Who better to have someone who's courting and basically you know, betrothed to my, my daughter to take over my my empire. Bruce Wayne. So that to me is another reason why he has a good tie to me. He, like you said, he he can't pull himself to kill. No. He's just like, I, I just need I just need this boy just to shake. Just got, I got to shake this man up. Wake, wake up. Knock some common sense into him. Come on. You, 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 I know you see what I'm saying. Maybe you don't like my method, detective. But you understand what I'm doing. Just wake right. up. Let's go yeah. global. Knock, knock a little bit of comment into him. You know, stop being a numpty, Bruce. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah, I had to slip that in there. Turn into. I... <laughs> go ahead. So my comedy skits. So our past. Uh, so and here's a couple of things. So one, they tell you the influence of him. Chris, Christopher Nolan took a lot of influences for all three movies. Right. First movie, mm -hmm. he clearly brought in Raish. And yeah. use the whole League of Shadows kind of misdirection for you in Liam Neeson. Okay, gotcha. Second movie, eh, you know, um, right, it was a Joker. You know, of course, there's toxin in the background, the fear toxin. And, you know, uh, it kind of plays out a little bit, right? Which was almost mm. what he was trying to do with the chemicals. Third movie, guess what? Talia finally shows up. Yeah. And, and Talia shows up with Bane. Yeah. Almost same thing that Bane got her out the pit and, and saved her when everyone was attacking him. He said jump and she got free and then she felt bad and went back. And they even showed a flashback of Raish going back 
bet Bane because Bane saved his daughter that he did not know she had. So you see how it goes full circle. And she does get with Bruce, but then she, of course, or Batman, but she betrays him because, you know, he killed off her dad. So heavy influence. Batman 89, as I said, with all the chemicals, with Joker saying, I'm going to mix all these chemicals together, individually do nothing together. This is what they can cause. That's that's a race thing. That's, you know, that's a race thing, you know, more than a Joker thing, in my opinion. Or a little bit of both. Mm -hmm. So, and then, of course, who else can, as you put it, you called it out right. You have to be strong will, strong of mind to go into Lazarus pit and come out and not have the effects uh, drive you crazy. Who else but Bruce Wayne has a mind like that? Not Green Arrow. Forget that. Uh, you know, Superman oh? is strong, but not mentally strong or driven like Batman is. Batman is what? focused. That's his power. And it even proved that in Batman Beyond, where Italia comes back and says, hey, I want to give you this gift. And and Bruce ends up going into the pit, but only temporarily. Very, mm-hmm. He doesn't stay in as long as he should be. So he does go younger. He has like just gray at the side. His body goes back to normal. And then him and Terry team up and beat the crap out of everybody. And right. he's like, hey, Bruce, are you gonna go back in? He goes, nope. It's a, it's a crutch. Uh, he goes, the effects of this will wear off in the next couple of days. For now, I'll just enjoy it and hang around the house, right? Being young again, I'll have to walk with a cane because he's he's so driven that he you can't get Bruce off his path. He's stubborn, right? All right. So right. this is why all these elements work well together for this character. So you got the family ties. You got what he's trying to do with the Earth. You got his fighting skill alone. You got the army he has behind him. And he always shows up. I need him to be a main villain. So before we get into the fan casting part of it, I'll say this last tidbit mm-hmm. here, and I'll let you have some words. We'll get into this. The only thing I think I'm disappointed in this character is he never made an appearance in the Batman. I'm talking the Batman cartoon, right? Where he had the remote control Batmobile that would show up and ran for five seasons. Batman. We talked about this in like year one. We talked about the Batman, that particular one. And we was Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. I'm, just going, I'm just going for the mental Rolodex. He's never, yeah. They never had him on? They never had him on. Raish, Raish never showed up. They, they was, he was never in there. We even did this whole special where it was a, a one-shot movie, Batman versus Dracula. Same team. Yeah, yeah. Raish was never in there. Raish, Raish was not in there at all. And I, I would love hmm. to see that whole team, original team, come back. Give me a movie. With the demon's head and do do adapt one of the books, you know, Earth of the Demon or Son of the Demon. I mean, that yeah. story with their take on it, I think that would be nice and fresh. Uh, and then my last point is okay, we got um, uh, Robert Patterson that's playing Batman, right? Matt yeah. Reeves, okay. Batman. Okay, cool. So the way he's going, that Batman is darker. We got the first movie. Okay, second movie is going to probably bring in Joker. Mm-hmm. I think, in my opinion, I would love to see the third movie. No Riddler, no Clayface, no nothing. Give me Rachel Ghoul. Give me Rachel Ghoul, the real Rache in the third Batman Matt Reeves movie in that dark world, right? I'm not saying that Rache has got to be dark, but Rache's method is going to be a certain way. And I think that would be interesting with Robert Patterson if they get to a third movie, Matt Reeves. That's that's where I would love to see Rache come in. So I, no matter mm-hmm. what, I want to see Rache come in as his own, not piggyback. Like backing off of, um, you know, I mean, he showed up in some of the other movies, right? Where Stroke was in there and he was training Deathstroke. And, no, no, I want yeah. Raish. Yeah. So have him as the main antagonist. He's the he's he's the sole antagonist for that movie. No, I I hear what you I hear what you're saying. I hear what yeah, you're that, saying. That's exactly what I'm saying. So that's my two cents, Rod. What's your two <clears> cents? <throat> and we'll get into our fan casting here. Um, listen, Raish, like I said, he's a he's a he's a it's an incredible character. It's incredible IP. So many depths, so many different layers that I too would 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 love to see see him in there just by himself. Yes, that was kind of what they try to do. That you know, he tried to do it with the Christian Nolan version and try to bring it in. But we need to go a little bit further. They they talked about the League of Assassins. They talked about his history and everything like that. But I would really like to see some flashbacks in in the sense of start off the movie. Honestly, here's here's a nice, as I'm thinking this right now, start off the movie at least the first half of the first, the first, um, the first act. Let's just start off with that. Throw everybody off. You know you're coming to watch a Batman movie. Yeah. But let's start off with Raz, Raz al Ghul and, and go for the storyline from 600 years ago yes. and you start off you start off about maybe the first 15 minutes you do the, the 
the entry, like, you know, him starting off, you know, what happened with the son, uh, the Sultan's son, and then basically jump ahead, jump ahead, and then you <laughs> jump ahead to, like, where he is. Because the funny thing is, my mind was trying to remember, did he have any other alternate names? And then I realized he didn't. Except, I mean, in, in a sense of other right. than Demon Fang or the, drag, the Demon's Head or anything like that. It was always been, he's known as Razal Ghul. Now, my mind was thinking, who? Like Vandal Savage. You know, he's known as, also as Genghis Khan and that kind of scenario. Yeah, yeah, so exactly. I, mean, I gotcha. Vandal did all that. He, he, he was there longer, but he had different names and different titles. Raze was always Razal Ghul, the legal assassin, legal, you know, League of Shadow. He didn't um, hide who he was. He always was that same person. So we can basically keep it at trajectory and understand where he is, how he's moving forward, realizing that he knows that, hey, I need to build an empire. I need to be, I need longevity. I need to put, quote unquote, put stocks and stuff early on. Now, those are days before stock kind of scenario. But in the fact of building, you know, I need to make sure my empire builds from this small and you realize later on, jumping on, something's big and realizing, wait a minute, isn't that the same, the same name, company name that he started out like 200 years ago? Realizing like, that's where you, you know where his resources, where his capital, where his money is coming from. I, I just want to see someone do that because they don't. Like, if we, we do something, like, you know, we're going to, like I said, everyone, we're going to definitely talk about Vandal Savage at uh, some point for sure this year. Uh, but he will be a person again, the same type of way that you see these type of movies or show when they have some character who is long lived, who is immortal, like Highlander or something along that line. You see, after a while, he has a, a secret staff, like an emergency panic room full of gold and whatever the case would be. Yeah, that's great. That's cool. How did you acquire it? Like, it just have a, you know, you have a bunch of stuff. So did you steal it and throw it in the back there? Or did you kind of like invest it and realize and like, oh, yeah. I'm like the original person, you know, for Starbucks kind of scenario. I was there yeah, for yeah. the founding. I invested in Google. I invested in Google, you know, kind of scenario. And you can see him having a frame of a frame of of uh, a share of Google. And be like, yeah, that's mine. Just so you know. <laughs> I got money. But that kind of scenario. 100%. So I want to see something along that line. I want to see this, something like that. So, you know, by the time we now get to modern time with Rezal Google. You know that how did he fund his his empire is by a certain way. You know what? I will take a thirty second pause and say that the closest thing I now I just realized it, but I realized I just I just watched the show just the other day and I don't know why it's in the back of my head. Um, Shang Chi and the Ten Rings, and the Legend of Ten Rings. I can yes. His father basically he was immortal for like like a thousand years, but you can see that he. They started off that he was a warrior and he had he had the rings and everything along the line. But you see that they showed when they jumped ahead, his empire grew and grew. Not showing how he got the money, but you knew he was he was a you know he was a villain, he was a terrorist kind of scenario. So you knew he acquired money that way. But you saw some type of progression. Do the yeah. same thing with Russell. I want to see Absolutely. this. By the, time, by the time you get now to modern time, now now he's going to be interacting with the detective. You know, like listen, I'm sitting good. Why am I sitting good? Because 400 years ago, I started something. I started this, started that. Behold, my empire. This is how I'm saving the earth. What are you doing? Join us. Facts. Facts. 100%. 100%. All right. So we're going to get down to it. So let's get down to the brass tacks. Mm. You and you know, all, you're all tuning in here. Oh, uh, listen every week. We appreciate it very much. So we're going to come down to it. Right. How do you want to adapt it? And who would be? You're Ray Shal Ghoul. Listen, I want live. I want I want I want live. I want live. I want live. I'm so nothing of going against. We've or, we currently have anime animation. We talk we have cartoons. So I don't need any more of that. I want live. I want um I want a movie. I don't even want a series. I want a movie. And like I said, I want a movie where the detective Bring, bring in the bring in Batman as a guest. Yes, that sounds so weird, but no one's gonna no one's gonna expect that. But put the movie is a Rajal Gu movie featuring or like you know 
like the main singer and you got you just got the guest singer, Batman. That's what I want. Also, what they did for Suicide Squad. Uh, yeah, Suicide Squad, but you know, the yeah, first I guess one, so. what I mean, like, I, yeah, yeah, no, I, one, I know Bat, what you mean. Ben Affleck, I, I, I hear, I, only showed up for a couple of minutes. Yeah, 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 but he only showed up for a couple of minutes, just as, as, um, yeah, he showed up for a couple of minutes. But I wanted a little bit more longer than that. But you can mm. tell that he's part of the story, but he's not the main. He's not, not the, the main criteria of the story. Yeah. So, like the Suicide Squad one, yeah, he came in, you know, chased down, um, joke and everything like that, cool, you yeah. know, and saved her and whatever, and then bam, he was gone. Yeah, that was good. That was nice. Like that was to me, that was an Easter. That was mm. an Easter. But I would rather have the Razor School story, and then you start to intertwine some Batman in there. But you know that Batman is really more of the, not the afterthought, but he's, he's second is, billing. He's second billing. He's 100% second billing. Mm-hmm. Everything is from the point of view. And that's the thing. That's all I guess I'm trying to say. Everything that's happening throughout this movie is the POV of Ra's al Ghul. Who I want from Ra's al Ghul? It was very hard. And I'll tell you this. Because as you said in the beginning. When you start to go through the history and you realize that the character was kind of built around and uh, around East Asian, and I was like, you know what? Cool. Because I wasn't sure is it Arabic or not. Because yeah, Reza Al Ghul is more an Arabic, you know, name. Yeah. But the whole origin is supposed to be like East Indian. Um, you can see this. We we didn't say about it, but there's a part in there where. He um, part of the story. There's a there's a story part where he's you realize his origin is more like Chinese based, like from the origin from China, from China mm-hmm. right? And so I said, okay, let me at least we got actors who can portray these. So let's go let's go with that. So all that to say, I wanted someone that basically when people hear the name, you know, something someone's coming down, someone's about to get hurt. I want someone who has the ability to look the part, has to do the action sequence and everything like that. Because I don't want Rage to be only just walking up and down, being no, no, dig- no, no. I want right. to be looking dignified. And then you took a swing at him, and then phew, phew, foolish mortal, let me show you the ways. Foolish mortal. So that's it. So basically, I would like to have Donnie Yang, Donnie Yang, as Rage Al Ghul. I, I, I want I, I, I would like Donnie to be able to portray that. Now, he again, we're gonna go from the time we get to the modern times. Raj Al Ghul is supposed to have the the distinction look of his mid fifties type of scenario. So I'm looking for someone who looks just seasoned, you're like, Oh, you're you're not that old, and then you realize I'm six hundred years old. What? I'm so confused. Right. So I would like to have Donnie in. I mean, like, again, his resume speaks for himself. So I don't even want to try to get into finding out, you know, to explain what he can or can't do. Man. Donnie, can, Man. Can handle, he, can, he can portray a person that looking so serious to like, not soft spoken, but have the ability to portray himself and have the dialogue that make you say, like, your intelligence. And I should be scared just from you talking so smoothly and so calmly. Like, the gears are working in the background. I have no clue. Don't pay attention to the man behind the Iron Curtain. That's what Donnie is. That's what Ray's Ghul is. Donnie can portray that. That's it. Yeah. You don't know. Well, Donnie Yang, he played Ip Man, right? He played the story of Ip Man 1, 2, 3, 4, whatever, which is loosely based off Bruce Lee's teacher. Right. Okay. Along with other things. Okay. Got you. Ip Man. All right. All right. Donnie Yang. Okay. Touche, sir. Touche. Touche. I like Thank that. You. you come no swinging, cuz. You, you come no swinging. So, just like you, I'm going definitely one live action. Two, I'm definitely going movie. Uh, I don't know if I want to have Batman in my movie kind of thing. Uh, hmm. I want to mention of Batman. I don't know if I yeah, need okay. to see him in a movie, right? But that's because I really want it, like, how, how Sony does their whole focus on the villains. I want this to be a focus on the villain and have Batman okay. Easter egg drops in there. Uh, you know, and, and then, you know, if you do another movie, then bring Batman in and the stories of Son of the Demon, sorry, Birth of Demon, Son of the Demon, uh, and, and those ones that would affect them. Okay. So that's what I'm saying. So movie, got it going good. 
Now, the person I'm going with, we've seen him, and I'm going to, obviously, we know every episode, I always put your name at least once right. or twice, three times. You know, here we go. I'm going with Haruko Tanada. So, Haruko Tanada is Asian actor. You will know him from various projects. So, one of the more popular ones is The Last Samurai with Tom Cruise. He plays the main samurai that teaches Tom Cruise how to fight. He also shows up in 47 Ronin. He's in John Wick 4, where he's the owner of the uh, Continental Hotel in, in Tokyo or Japan. And, you know, at, at the near the beginning where Tom Cruise shows up looking for asylum and his daughter is there. And then they all start attacking. And so he's the main guy in that. He's also in Mortal Kombat. He's in Rush Hour 3, Bullet Train. And the list goes on. So Bye. this is who... He, this is who I'm going with to play Rachel Ghoul. So, first of all, mm-hmm. he's a little bit older. He's in phenomenal shape. He's already got the beard, you know, the, the, the uh-huh. kind of beard goatee. Uh-huh. He's got uh-huh. the long hair, which can be manipulated with the moose to kind of give him more of that look of Rachel Ghoul. And because he's done roles of playing samurais multiple times, he's got the sword training already done, packed, good enough. If you've seen him in, as I said, The Last Samurai, you've seen him in 47 Ronin or awesome. John Wick 4. You realize how physical he can get by his thing present too at the same time. He is a cool yeah. you, you don't hear him yell, you don't hear him scream. You, and I like that what you're saying before that he plays it. He he's got this uh undertone of power. He doesn't need to scream. Some people are like, oh, gotta be loud, I'm loud, right? But he walks into a room and he's like, I don't think you should do that. And you're like, Okay, I'm more scared of you talking the way you talk. Then let's say someone carrying on like the wrestler screaming and yelling. I fear you right. more. Like you're a controlled chaos. Like you just one click and it's done for all of us. So that's who <laughs> I'm going with to play my Rachel Ghoul going forward. And you can put him in Matt Reeves movie. Um, I would mm-hmm. like, you know, I would, I would think it would be even better for myself, him and Ben Affleck in a movie going back and forth. Cause I Ooh. still like Ben Affleck, Batman. Uh, right, uh, you know, I'm not knocking Matt Reeves one, but I, you know, I would like to see that because then you really can get into uh, a son of the demon storyline with an older Bruce Wayne, and then you bring him in, and it's like, well, you know, Rach, we meet again, and they go through the whole thing, and it's like, oh, by the way, uh, your son says hi. He's me, what? What? And then Tanya shows up. Oh, hi, detective. Oh, so no. she calls him beloved. Like he calls right. him. She calls Bruce beloved, beloved. <laughs> and he always says detective. And it's like, yeah, detective. Uh, your son says hi. Yes, my beloved. We had a son, <laughs> and don't that you remember that right way to introduce <laughs> Damien into a live yeah. action universe? Give me a Ben Affleck Batman Robin movie. What? Here we go. Explain that we see, to Dick Grayson. Yeah. And 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 I didn't break it down, but you're absolutely correct. The reason why I was saying like that was having Batman in mind as a little bit because mm-hmm. I would rather have that in, and then we we've pulled the we've touched. Bruce Wayne, Batman in the first one. And the second one, we can go right into like basically having Talia or having Talia seduce him. Because by now, we'll just say there's time from the end of the first one to the second one. Bruce knows of Talia and whatever the case would be and just say, hey, um, we spent the night in kind of scenario and let that story plan out. So by the time you come to the third one, oh yeah, by the way, my beloved, here is your heir. My what? Alfred, right? Alfred, because, what the hell's going on? Alfred, what happened? What happened? <laughs> yeah, because even in the comic books, they haven't really touched on that too much. We know that Damien is Bruce Wayne's son. It's Talia's son, Talia's son right? We know that Raish is a his, um, grandfather, but he hasn't mm-hmm. met his other aunts and uncles. Damien, Damien has never met his aunts and uncles. Mm-hmm. That's a story waiting to happen to be written. But it can't all, it has to all happen starting off with Raish. Raish is the head of that family tree. He is the seed 100%. of that tree before it grows. So there there we go, everybody. I know Raish has been cast before, but here's our take on it. We want to get more of an authentic mm. Raish al Ghul, Raz al Ghul. Bobby pronounce his name. Either way is yeah. good. You all can debate it. Tomato, tomato, you know, ketchup, listen. ketchup. That's I, I, up. Potato, that's potato. Up. Listen, listen, for, for what we have, no, you know, all love and respect for Liam Nielsen who played it Absolutely. uh but right now at this time liam is like 71 72 so when he did that movie that was easily about like 18 years ago that was like 2005 so you realize like yeah if we're gonna bring him again especially if we're gonna bring him into the new uh bat series 
the the Matt Reed ones. We're just gonna have a have a a, a more uh, um younger one who can relate. So again, now if they do anything further, it's still it's still within an age bracket that they both look like going toe to toe kind of scenario. But yeah, yes. that's it. Right? Yes. 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 Awesome. Well, on that note, Ooh. everyone, thank you once again for tuning into the Iconist podcast. As we said, the icon is Rachel Ghoul or the icon mm-hmm. is mm-hmm. Razal Ghoul. Either way, we cool. Okay. On my side, as always, my cousin, best friend. There go. Rod C. Let's go. Boom. I'm your host, one of your other hosts, Barry 3D. And this has been the Iconist podcast. Remember, this whole world was started with a pencil, a piece of paper, and lots of imagination. Keep on dreaming. Out. <laughs> right now, it's time for me to want to take a bath in uh, green liquid, and hopefully, I can get younger. <laughs> Don't come oh, out laughing too much like the Joker. Yeah, Calvon, take me away. Make sure it's make sure it's the proper pool, and it's not the acne one where the uh, person turns. Uh, <laughs> 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 Imagine the acne was the, the, the acne of the runoff the last bit, and it was just okay. All right, we're good. All right, wow. we're good. <laughs>